All right, you guys ready? Yep. yep. All right, guys, I am here today with Kara Barton of Fit for Function and Biscuit Nutrition and Alex Rigda. Um, Kara and Alex know each other through the cycling community, and uh, he's got a lot of cool things that are happening, and they've done some cool things over COVID. So um, we just want to chat, and Kara's going to introduce everybody and see what, see what we get into. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that right on Alex and start talking about his background. <laughs> My background. He can do it a lot better than I can. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I can start talking a little bit about that. Um, so I started getting involved with um, drum machines. Well, my name is Alex, last name Rigda, not to be confused with Alex. <laughs> no, she's the shop owner, which happens quite a bit. So people will say Alex from Joy Machines, and oftentimes they think I'm the shop owner, which the team is affiliated with. Um, so, but. So they'd be like, oh, Alex from Joy Machines. And it's, you never know which one you're getting. But this is the team organizer or coordinator, uh, de facto captain, some folks call it. That was not self-appointed. <laughs> there was also no vote or anything like that. People just started calling me the Joy Machines captain. And I'm not going to lie. I just assumed you were yeah. really. On it. I'm probably, I tell everybody, maybe that's me. I tell everybody you are. It's, it's like, it's it's like something that's spread. <laughs> Um, I think somebody recently said, teammate Scott's like, you're the most vocal, so you were awarded captain, just deal with it. And so I was like, okay, it's, a, it's an assumed role. Did, so. did they get you a C for your jersey? That's all I want. <laughs> I should. I should. Like the, I've been secretly going around the Cleveland cycling community like, yeah, he's totally the captain, totally the guys. Captain. <laughs> also, he owns the shop. <laughs> so much, yeah. Hopefully now that, that clears things up a little bit. Yeah, um, but All the teammates are listening to this like, what the hell? We didn't make him captain. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they, they, uh, they pushed me into the spotlight from time to time because I end up doing a little bit of the organizing. Really, the team is made up by a lot of unique individuals who really help, I think, spread the word of Joy Machines. Um, I end up doing a lot more of like the boring work. I do like kit ordering like our jerseys and like filling out paperwork to get city permits and things like that and you know organizing I come up with like a lot of ideas but the team is really actually made up with a lot of really unique people who are who support my crazy ideas mm -hmm. and kind of take that and run wild with it so they do a really good job of of supporting things you know around the community and things like that but I've been involved um, since kind of like the earlier days of the team since let's see probably uh, end of 2016, I would say. It's when I started. It was kind of a small team. Um, we were, you know, affiliated with the shops, a handful of folks who were um, actually first responders who um, work at a um, couple of different fire departments in the area and on their breaks would just kind of get out and ride. And um, so they kind of started it. And um, I was a frequent face in the shop. So Alex Nelson was like, Hey, you want to come join on the team? And that's, I think, usually, I guess, I guess kind of where it starts from there. So how much were you riding at the time? At the time? So I've always kind of had um, cycling as a, I guess, hobby. Um, I started off, I have a pretty long background of rugby, um, which you, I guess you said, yeah, you played for a few years or yeah, I, I played in high school and college. Okay. And then Actually, Phil played in high school as well. Oh, okay. We, we found out you guys were all rugby players. We're like, yeah. Yeah. So there, <laughs> I have no idea. There's a cohort of ex-rugby players on the dream team. So if you're if you're wondering what the team looks like, if you've never seen it, is a it's a good, diverse mix mash of people yeah. and abilities what? and skill levels and things like that. 
for people that don't know and, and myself included in that, what is mm-hmm. the team? Who is the shop? Like uh, paint, sure. paint the picture yeah. for us. So what the team? Yeah, yeah. So Joy Machines is a shop located um, in the Cleveland area in Ohio City. Um, they've been around for a little over 10 years. Um, they support kind of like, uh, I guess, more of the urban community. Um, a lot of folks who commute via bike, uh, people who are interested in bike touring, like cross-country touring and things like that. The team kind of was, uh, again, an eclectic group of folks who kind of hung around the shop a little bit. And back in, in the early days of the Cleveland scene of biking, were involved in what are called like alley cats, which are kind of like in city, kind of like um, little punk rock racy kind of things, or like kind of underground flyers and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of like where it started. And um, and then staying really connected to the cyclocross community as well. So it kind of came came up from there too. So did you get started in cyclocross? That's not typically a area where people start racing in. That was where I started. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that purely had to do with like the rugby background. Um, I had stopped playing rugby after about 10 years. So I started playing in undergrad um, and I played four years in undergrad. And then I played in uh, a couple of different men's teams in Chicago and then here in Cleveland. And um, it was just like time to hang it up. (laughs) It had been 10 years. I was like, you know, just kind of worn out from, from, long seasons um you know rugby goes like basically year round yeah um so it's like not a lot of breaks you know you get a few i guess uh weeks over the winter you get some lifting in and then it's spring season again you got your summer stuff um so i've always had that like anchor in my life like rugby was it it was like that's what you do on the weekends you go to the rugby game (laughs) practice during the week and it's like i stopped playing it's like i what do i do with my time like i i just like didn't know where what to do or where to go. And it actually kind of segues to like how I started as I was on a bike ride. I saw people with like team jerseys and stuff I was hanging on their shop. My, uh, now my fiance, but my uh, girlfriend at the time, we were in the same career and uh, we were thinking about moving across state. Like, you know, let's figure something else out. And Alex is like, do you want to join the team? And I was like, how about we stay in Cleveland? Like, it was like totally, <laughs> I totally derailed the plans of like us moving because we were just like going to try something new and different. And I was like, actually, these folks seem kind of cool. Like, <laughs> let's maybe stick around in Cleveland. Like, it's, Cleveland's cool. So um, so then I, I jumped right into cyclocross, honestly. Um, I had friends that were doing it in Chicago. They would talk about it. There was like a cyclocross like bubble too, like those kind of like early teens, like 2010, 26, up to 2016, like cyclocross was really having its moments, kind of like how gravel is kind of having yeah. its moment now. Um, so it was kind of like where the scene was at. And I uh, just knew that there were some races around town. There were practices to go to. There was a schedule just like rugby. I was like, I'm plugging myself right into this because it seemed in. There's kind of like a rowdy mentality to it too. <laughs> it's not a clean cut kind of sport, you know. It, it's it's kind of it's muddy, it's dirty, you know. There's people partying on the sidelines. Like <laughs> it mirrors rugby really well. So anybody, I'm who, pretty sure you guys were the ones that get, did my beer hand out at <laughs> the Michael Ohio race. Probably, probably. I think uh, you run the tandem, right? And yeah. I, there's a video of the tandem hand up, which is pretty epic, honestly. <laughs> it's it's really special so you've been so proud of us Nick. what is this video the uh simultaneously we phil and i both grabbed the beer and chugged it while racing the tandem on a cyclocross at the same time (laughs) yeah Yeah. so 
in cyclocross. <laughs> should we set the scene for what cyclocross is too? Yes. There's probably yes, people are listening who have never heard of that. <laughs> cyclocross is a um, it's a pretty popular in your again similar to rugby. Um, but basically, what it is is there's a set course usually on kind of uh, an off road type of course. A lot of like parks grass areas, fields, um, anything that has kind of like unique kind of features to ride over that's not like pavement. So um, usually the courses are about a mile and a half long. Um, you put kind of knobbier tires on your road bike or <laughs> ride whatever you got, show up. And that was the cool thing about it too, is you know, reduce barriers into like getting it, like what do you got in the garage? Just bring it out, come ride around this thing. Um, so there's various ranges of competitiveness. You ride in different categories. So category one, being kind of more the competitive side, category five being entry level, anybody come up, show up, come ride. It's a 30 minute race. Um, it's based off of the leader of the course. So who's ever, I guess, in first place, um, you kind of, that person sets the, the pace and how many laps that you're going to do within that set amount of time. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what, you're going to be <laughs> cat five next year. Next, yeah. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have so on the sidelines. So it's like a taped course. Uh, you have a lot of spectators. It's an easy spectator sport too. Um, so, people will so sometimes thirty like minute cans or yeah. Go ahead. The thirty minute cap. Whoever's yeah. in the first place of your category, however many laps they get done in thirty minutes, that's how many everybody else is going to do. Is that the? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Unless you get lapped. Unless you get lapped, then you might oh. finish like minus one. So. <laughs> You got a handful of people finishing like minus one or two if it's their first, you know, season out maybe or whatever. Yeah. Or me. I mean, I've been racing for a few seasons. I'll show up minus one. No shame. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you hope you get left. Like, are we just done yet? <laughs> it's like it, it'll redline you. It's like you're full. It's like full gas. It's like, you know, you're you're pretty drained at that. Like after that 30 or 45 minutes, um, you know, you're pretty toast. Yeah. That's interesting. And so anybody can show up with any kind of bike at the lowest category. Is there like a specific bike for the people that are doing it competitively? Like, are there cyclocross bikes? There are, there are cyclocross bikes. So, um, yeah. So What's those, the quality of those? Like, where does that fit from mountain bike to road bike or? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like fits, I, I guess now there's so many different kind of variations and flavors of bicycles these days but um i guess to like make it simple it's like if you put really small mountain bike tires on a road bike that usually clears bigger tires um the geometry tweaks are nuanced and not that important but um people who are maybe spending a little bit more time may invest in one but really any bike that can you know take tires that maybe have some knobs to grip some of that off-road stuff um, you can bring that and that's totally fine. And are these courses like, they have like hills on, like, are they hills? Are they random? What's the, like, what's the course like? So the courses are designed and created by who's ever hosting, um, the race for that weekend. Um, in our area, a lot of the bike teams will pick a date. Um, it's all under the schedule of NEOCX. So Northeast Ohio Cyclocross puts on a series, you get points based off of your placing for each week to week. Um, and the course is designed by what team or individuals hosting. So um, a lot of the local parks will have it. Um, you might be riding up the side of a hill, riding through a small segment of woods, um, 
you know, as tricky and hard and difficult as possible is, you know, usually people like to kind of torture each other. So <laughs> the point of it's to make it not super easy, you know, but not impossible. And so um, usually they're pretty, you know, can technically challenge, but it's okay to get off your bike and run up a hill, like basically carrying your bike. And that's completely acceptable. Get back on when you get at the top of the hill and keep riding. Interesting. I can see how this culture is evolving uh, to like people just get to make up the course so that you can see where yeah. it would get. Would get yeah. So yeah, how did you kind of circling back to that? How did you pick yeah. cyclocross as your, like, what made you say, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. So the, the, having a place to be on the weeknights too, definitely was a big part of that. There's local practices. So it was an opportunity to meet new people who were also interested in bikes it was a different style of riding. Um, so I was used to, you know, commuting on the roads, doing road rides. This kind of got me off the roads. I mean, sometimes it's just nice to get away from cars, you know, get off of the, you know, roadways and go ride, you know, completely different. So it was, it brought in a lot of new difficult challenges um, in terms of learning a different type of skill. It was an opportunity to meet people. Um, it was a place to kind of, you know, hang out. Um, but the sport itself is, is just a blast, I guess, is really the only thing. It is a pretty high fun factor. Um, just like knowing that you got to show up, it's 45 minutes, you know, you get through it, you push yourself. And the fun part is, is week to week when you get the same people showing up who are part of the series, you may have a, a season where you're battling back and forth with like a handful of folks who are kind of in a similar skill set. So, you know, somebody may show up, they may get you one week and it might be your goal to try to get them the next week. And um, when you have somebody that you're riding next to and competing and you see those points being tallied throughout the season and you're like, oh gosh, I'm actually not doing too bad. And I'm only, you know, 20 points behind so-and-so and they, you know, they've been, I thought they were way ahead of me. And it gets actually, you know, rather competitive um, to just, in, in, a friendly, in a friendly way, you know, to just kind of maintain that competitive spirit a little bit. Yeah, well, just a big crowd on, of folks that come out. Being on the sidelines and just kind of experiencing it through through Kara and Phil, um, you can tell it's a, a tight knit community. Like it's a, mm -hmm. it seems like everybody knows everybody type of a thing. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. It, you know, you meet, you see a lot of the same familiar faces again. You know, people who you may not even race in the same category with, but you know, you may learn a lot from them. You like, you know, watching somebody who's a category ahead of you take a turn or learn how to dismount and remount efficiently, um, you know, pick a line that makes them really fast. You're like watching their lap times and like, how is this person doing it? You know, what's, you know, what's made them, you know, advance through the, uh, the series as well as they have. So you do get a chance to kind of meet people, ask questions, talk to them a little bit, but really, you know, it's awesome when you see new people showing up too, mm -hmm. like somebody who's showing up who's clearly, you know, not on a, a dedicated true cyclocross bike but just decided whatever i'm gonna go see what this thing's all about and show and like show up like that's just as awesome and if they show up and they take a hand up and you know what i mean <laughs> or or whatever and they just get through it or you know that's that's all like it, it like gets it like hyped up too you know just yeah. to see like new people trying it seeing you know them trying to get through the mud or you know their bike breaks <laughs> they have a flat tire and now they're running the last lap you know whatever it's like you know it's all a laugh too but it's it's a hard workout so. yeah. well it's interesting because um it, you know hindsight we, it would have been fun to have you and we just filmed one with aaron uh the gym owner at seatown there and the whole i don't know, say the whole 
episode, but the whole podcast was basically revolving around community and how important the community is. And um, that, I think that is what makes things special. So uh, it's interesting where, well, let's not derail it. Kara, you had mentioned that, that um, I've done something over COVID uh, from a community standpoint, what exactly, what exactly were you guys referencing in, uh, in regards to the bike Turbo cycle gravel. community? Turbo gravel. <laughs> Turbo the COVID-friendly gravel race. <laughs> so uh, let me preface this by saying uh, when COVID hit, was that, it was just, I think it was just one year that the NOCX mm-hmm. canceled. Um, oh, the Cleveland area cyclocross schedule completely uh, dissipated last year of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, which caused a lot. I mean, uh, you know, there was a lot of different emotions with that. Um, people who still wanted to race would go to either Pittsburgh or Columbus or Cincinnati or so. Um, but from that, I mean, I think that that's kind of how I, I, you were already running turbo gravel for the past five years, but I think especially as, as some of the races were starting to get canceled from COVID hmm. ones like turbo gravel was really able to yes. pick, pick up some speed. So the, so it was actually started at the beginning of COVID. So it's, there's been five events five events five okay. events over the past i guess now a couple of years so um i i guess i realized how much people had kind of depended on having these events to look forward to and work towards and it wasn't even just the cyclocross that was shutting down it was all the big gravel events and um you know i think that's hard when people like are looking at the months and you know the remainder of the year is a lot of uncertainty there's like a certain sense of familiarity you know just kind of gone and um i could tell you know people who maybe not necessarily connected to the team specifically but i know a lot of other people um on the fringes of the bike community too who i could see were just you know didn't have that anchor i guess mm-hmm. and so i talked a little bit about it with the teammates and kicked around the idea of coming up with a virtual event series, um, basically using a planned route. Um, you can use a GPX file, which um, people can load up to their bike garments or bike computers and um, use a 30 mile route um, on, you know, different back roads that probably are unfamiliar to a lot of folks in the area. Um, get people out and then upload their times to a virtual platform called Strava, which allows us to kind of track the times where they started and finished the course. Um, and then um, had the admission to entry to enter into it be um, receipts of local small businesses. Um, if you, you know, support a local business, buy a cup of coffee, a donut from so-and-so who's got a, you know, a shutdown you know, dining space, um, send me the receipt and that's your entry into the race. Um, and then we set up categories just like there would be for other race events. Um, and then people really got, you know, look forward to having that. Um, <laughs> honestly, the first few were, were pretty well attended. Um, people had <laughs> mentioned like seeing folks, you know, passing by, like doing doing the turbo course, which was really cool to hear. Um, and it, it got competitive too, which was <laughs> cool, but oh, we crushed the tandem division. <laughs> How so, many people were in the tandem division, Kara? Phil and I. <laughs> I. I may have added the tandem just specifically for you. I literally, when I saw I screenshot it and sent it to him, I was like, I feel like we're being called out. Now we have yeah. to do this. <laughs> you have to participate. 
Yeah. Well, so you created this course and everybody yeah. could download the course basically. So you had to go do it at the same spot. Um, same spot. Yeah. Strava does that anyway. Correct. Like it ranks. It marks like a segment. So there's like a start point and end point. Yeah. And we would use basically the course as one log segment. So locally, if people are using Strava, you can run down like, you know, main street from this light to that light. If you can get it, you know, fast, you get a, a medal. It's all through this virtual platform called Strava. So basically we did the whole, you know, 30 or 40 mile route is like one long segment. And when people finished the segment, it gave them a rank time. And then we separated and organized it um, based off the category that they entered. And then mailed out a lot of prizes. <laughs> the shop was really great in helping us put together um, some prize packages. We had some nice sponsors who were involved as well. So people got a lot of care packages. It was nice getting something in the mail. Yeah, I got super excited. Yeah. You got matching America gloves. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You gave Karen and Phil a prize for winning the tandem division? <laughs> well, they got first place. We got first place. We destroyed the tandem division. <laughs> So, I've come to the conclusion that Kara and Phil do tandem just because they like winning and they don't have to compete against anybody. We don't like coming in second. Yeah. <laughs> I only come in second because I'm in the back of the tandem. <laughs> so it's pretty epic to show up to the cross race on the tandem, which is pretty awesome. There's no there's no tandem division in any OCX, but but you show up, you did it. And uh... we, the first one we signed because there was no tandem division, we signed up as a fat bike. And we're like, we're not fat, we're just big bones. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the funniest moments on a bike I think I've ever had. There was so much mud that day, and that tandem got so gosh darn heavy. So if we at one point we stopped to try and kick some of the mud off the bike. And you remember all the walnuts that were on the course? Yeah. <laughs> at one point, Phil thought if you put a walnut into the bike, it would take the mud and like shoot it out. <laughs> the walnut just got stuck in the tandem. <laughs> I saw the damage of that bike afterwards. It, it was so bad. I had definitely been put through the ringer, but I, 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 we just happened to run into each other at the Barry Roo Bay. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's Alex. And I saw the tandem. I was like, oh, all right. And you're like, yeah, you guys are doing like. This. I think you said like, oh, you're doing the 60 mile. I'm like, no. So the, We're doing the, the same race you are. That race is called the, the Psycho killer so it's a hundred mile gravel course it's not easy like 30 miles of it's like in sand yeah like it's not even gravel it's just like it's like ankle deep sand i don't even know how you love that thing through the woods of michigan in the sand it's amazing but well unfortunately we did 107 miles because we went off course for a little while <laughs> and had a loop back around <laughs> impressive impressive for sure yeah, I, was, I was happy there was some beer at the end of uh some beer sponsors for that race yeah. <laughs> so anyway about turbo but yes the the tandem you cleaned up in the tandem category <laughs> turbo um was a lot of help from a lot of different people um the ohio gravel grinders community uh ray george he was really helpful in promoting the event um, some of the local um, event coordinators to Black Fork Gravel Grinder, the Funk Bottom folks, um, the Facebook groups who all ride gravel in the Ohio area, they all kind of passed it around. Um, the Strava group, you know, grew in it to a decent size. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of different versions of that. And I think it was hopefully helpful for some of those folks. We even now that even gravel races are back on, 
we've had you know requests to to do more through the winter so that was the most recent one but the yeah. tandem was gravel five charity drive which was uh we took donations to the cleveland uh food bank as entry into the race and um so that was a decent turnout too which was cool that was i i really liked the fact that the entry was to a local charity i thought that was very unique i haven't seen something like that before yeah you know and to think about a way of like get people to like commit to doing it and what would would be a good trade-off for for a decent you know prize package and um, you know, if it was supporting a small business there for a while, I think we did like a charity of our choice. Um, and then yeah, through this last month, we did the Cleveland food bank, which was cool. Yeah. It was really cool. That's really cool. So you've been able to continue this, uh, the, the people asked for, for another turbo, even though the events were back on. So we did, we did another one. Um, the goal would be, you know, to hopefully transition turbo. And this is, I guess my vision, uh, doing something in person at some point, you know, when it's safe to do so, um, and bringing it to a, I guess, wider audience. Um, my goal is my mindset is that racing has become the default to, uh, my guess, getting involved with organized cycling. It's like, if you're going to do something or you're going to start riding, it's always around, I guess, like the aspect of signing up for a race and like, how do we broaden the perspective a little bit and consider something more about like a gravel event mm-hmm. where people who maybe aren't interested because the other side of it's like you pay for there's a lot of people who show up to gravel events and races who are paying to race who aren't racing mm-hmm. you know um so how and in what way can we reach like a wider audience that sure let's you know give an opportunity for people who want to be competitive to go out and race um but how about all these other folks who are maybe working out or exercising for the first time or don't know what it's like to ride your bike off like in gravel roads? Like, what is it? What does that mean? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, or maybe, you know, you never rode in cold weather before. You know what I mean? If you have a group of people to go do that with um, and the barriers are low, you know, how can we get more people involved and help them feel included? So there isn't just this like, spotlight on the people who are standing up on the podium, you know, uh, a race like where we met, um, we crossed paths, Bear Roubaix, there's 3,500 people that go to that, you know, and absolutely the people on the podiums deserve recognition. (laughs) They're very talented. (laughs) Very talented people who work extremely hard. Um, I've been passed by the front couple packs of like the 65 mile race, which is like the more competitive one. I mean, those people put in a ton of work and yeah. totally deserve a lot of recognition, but there's like, there's still a couple thousand people, you know, <laughs> who maybe, you know, how do we kind of include those people as well in, in some other type of way or give them a type of experience that's worthwhile, or at least they're, you know, worth the, uh, the entrance of admissions, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of like where I'd like to take it. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's on the other side of things kind of, um, like what we were saying earlier, I mean, there's also something very special about you know, being, how, how was that five hours from here? How, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember how far that drive was, but mm-hmm. being, you know, it, up in Michigan and still running into your <laughs> Cleveland cycling community, be like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're all made that, both, all made that, both that decision. So <laughs> I, I met people from your team. I didn't even know were on your team. But like we, we would be on the course, like your machine kits would be popping up. We're like, oh, who are you? <laughs> We, we went with about, yeah, uh, 10 or 11 folks. We actually had a couple of people who technically aren't on the team, but 
uh, got in on the kit purchase. They're friends of mine, rugby. Okay, <laughs> I think, was it a husband and wife? Yeah, yeah they're a couple. Uh, uh, we, we ran into them at a rest, one of the rest, uh, aid stations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he's, he's a rugby friend from Chicago. So I got, I got him in on the, the uh, kit ordering. Cause I, I knew he'd be going. I was like, well, you might as well look the part. <laughs> might as well rock the Jersey if we're going to meet up in Michigan. So, um, so he got involved too, which was cool, but yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. So we, and, and again, it's kind of front of mind and something that I'm interested in, but this idea of, of training or exercising for performance versus health. And yeah. it, it kind of, when you were mentioning that you're trying to get more people involved, that's kind of what came to mind for me. Um, you know, you got these people that are super competitive, right. but I think you're also going to have, you're going to have a mass of people that are getting off of their home exercise bikes and their Peloton bikes that are looking to continue the fitness journey. Um, but maybe don't have a community or a place to go do that. Right. Like, I don't know. I'm not super excited about going to do road, road cycling. Right. Cause you got to buy right. a, just, I, I have a decent bike, but you got, 1500 bucks just to play the, you know, to kind of yeah. sort of play the game. Um, right. and even then you're not really playing. Um, so how do you get the average person that is just looking to looking for something besides a 5k to go do? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I gotta, I, I don't know if he's going to end up listening, but, um, I gotta bring up the, um, one of our teammates, Bill's an example, um, who I have been sharing his story, so much um because it's super awesome but um he's somebody who decided to get a peloton beginning i'm sure quarantine maybe even beginning of 2021 um and just decide like you know let's get a real bike and like, get outside and see what that's about Exer talking about going from exercising for the first time to winning the turbo five men's open category oh my gosh and dropping 70 pounds wow and and that's exercising for his first time in his mid thirties. You know, yeah. I want like that type of stuff gets me pretty excited. Um, like, cause not only that was like, now you got like a couple dozen built-in friends by like mm -hmm. coming to just join this team. Um, so like, where do you make your, your, your group in your community? Like what's your home base? And it can be like an event you sign up for. And there's tons of community events that don't have that kind of like, $1,500 price tag where like, you got to get like the new bike that came out mm -hmm. and then drop, you know, the entry fee, the cost of lodging, you know, the gas money to get there, you know? Um, but in the, in our area, we have what's called the Cleveland slow roll, which is a, a great group of people. They meet out on the East side talking like a couple hundred people rolling out on their bikes on a Monday night. And it is, you know, tons of people from the community mm -hmm. show up. The location can change from time to time, but it's a pretty standing group that if you're looking to just like get it's like outside of cross season, you're looking for a place to go ride. Um, those types of things are awesome. And also advocating for the local bike shop. A lot of times those places are great hubs for people, you know, asking the questions like, where do I go to ride my bike? Mm -hmm. um, so we do the um, Alex N. <laughs> <laughs> organizes um uh you know maybe every other week or once a month at least tries to organize a coffee outside right mm -hmm. which is i'm sure you probably if you you know are following the 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 shop or the team on instagram or whatever um that's a community event that's posted usually like the week out of just being like we're gonna go ride our bike and the, now there's like usually a disclaimer it's like 
you know, moderate pace, you know, we're not going to hammer it down, you know, Euclid Avenue or anything like that, but it'll be, a, you know, it's a good workout, 25, 30 miles, you know, you have a place to stop, grab a cup of coffee, meet some new people and then ride your bike home, you know, and show up with what you got. There's a yeah. saying in cycling, like ride what you brung, you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to have the new fancy equipment, like ride whatever's in the garage. If you got to put, you know, pump up the tires, grease up the chain, like, you know, get that done and then just like get out and ride. And um, there's a lot of places I think that could use that promotion. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm almost thinking like, you know, if you sign up for a uh, running road race, there's the competitive 10K, 5K, and then there's the one mile fun run. Mm-hmm. Could you somehow create you know, an event that people could train for that was, you no, know, I, I, I just signed up for, um, what's that first race in March or April, uh, black, black, is that black oh, Yeah. And I did notice on the registration, like there, you know, I, there was the women's open event, but then there was also just a 34 mile just ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. You don't typically see something like that. And there was about a hundred entries or something. Like it was, there was a lot of people signed up for it. Yeah. The cycling world needs like more of that, you yeah. know, and um, you know, the people who are going to be competitive are going to show up and be competitive. Yeah. Like no matter the event or where it's at, those people are, you know, they're kind of driven by something else, something different than maybe what's driving somebody else to like come out and like try a fun ride for the first time. I know, just like on a national stage to uh, Mid-South Gravel, which is a big kind of national mm-hmm. stage event. Um, who, they're also kind of promoting that. And I think a lot of smaller grassroots races are kind of look to these bigger kind of national stages to like, what are they doing? And like, how do we kind of emulate that? And how do we do it? Because it's so like what we call grassroots gravels, like, you know, close to home. Like mm-hmm. these, these are people that we pull from are generally more of like our state. We're not, you know, maybe neighboring states, but mostly, you know, kind of nearby counties and communities and stuff like that so like what are they doing and like how do we reach the kind of people nearby i think mid-south did a really good job of offering like a family ride mm-hmm. 12 miles wow while somebody else maybe from the families out yeah. competing on the 40 or whatever you know maybe other folks from you know can get a get a flavor of uh what this looks like on the family ride you know mm-hmm. maybe they, maybe they progress towards the competitive side maybe not um but I think they're, you know, broadening the space is, is important. Yeah. But I think that's because then it opens up. I mean, I, I, cause I, I know even with, with my husband, we, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of the race crossed down in more Southern West, West Virginia. There's um, a couple different distances on the competitive side. But then they also do more of a uh, friendlier non-competitive ride. So when I, you know, I can, if I want to travel down to West Virginia, it's a lot more fun if you're going with people, <laughs> but then I can also, you know, offer it up to my husband of like, well, you, you can still even do, if you want to participate just so you're not, because of gra- with gravel, you might be out on your bike for yeah. nine, 10 hours. Yeah. So they're not sitting with their hands in their lap for nine, 10 hours while you're out racing. It right. gives them some, an, an avenue to still get out and be active and enjoy themselves. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not a great spectator sport. It's like, no, <laughs> honey, come watch me ride this race. You won't see me for four yeah. <laughs> hours. I'll be back, you know, ready for a beer or whatever. Um, so yeah, I've seen you at the start line. Yeah, <laughs> six and in the morning. Six, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, I think that there's opportunities for definitely for for growth in a lot of different you know mm-hmm. different aspects of cycling for sure. But I, I think cy- cyclocross, gravel, mountain all do a very very good job of 
keeping that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of really encouraged the camaraderie of it, the um, kind of lightheartedness of it too, you know, where people are just kind of like having fun with it, um, where, you know, it's just can be, and, and people get goofy, you know, on cyclocross, they show up in costumes or whatever, you know, so I think there's a, there's a way of just kind of like being fun with it too, that draws people to it as well. Um, after Heck of the North, um, which is the Joy Machines Racing Cyclocross event, um, that one's hosted, um, at Whiskey Island, Wendy Park here in Cleveland. It's pretty close to the shops and nice venues like Brand the Lake. Um, but you know, some other race promoters ask, like, how did you have like a successful event? Um, and really it's like, we put the focus on people who were, you know, showing up for their first time and yeah. like entertaining people who were there to spectate. And that just drew in a lot of people, Yeah, you know, um, you know, we promoted it with, you know, on social media a bit, but really it was about kind of creating an environment that was really just fun, you mm -hmm. know, and that, and then again, the teammates did an awesome job of like making it their own. Everybody kind of then brings their own creativity to it as well. So I know I get like credit for organizing, but really there's so many people. <laughs> and captain, <laughs> and shop owner. <laughs> but, but so many people on the team bring in their own like creativity to it. So I think when you create like an event or a space, you know what I mean? The people like feel connected to it. it's like, well, I'm going to show up with my waffle maker and like give waffle hand ups. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't my idea. You know, that's somebody uh, else on the team. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that people bring that's like funny or weird. Um, somebody else on the team made like little trophies and like stuck donuts in it you know what I mean <laughs> again I'm not taking credit for these ideas but you know you have a space and then like I think it just kind of promotes and develops like into its own thing too you know yeah I, I think it's a, it like Whiskey Allen is a very uh prime example of a good race for a first-timer yeah. for sure I mean like I said like one, one of my good weightlifting friends he wanted he didn't really know how to get in the bikes it's like go meet joy machines and you're going to have a ball and, he, and he's still riding with you guys. And that's yeah. been, that's been months. His first cross cycle cross race is at your, at your cross race. Yeah. And that's, that's what like we want to see is like welcoming new people in, you know, and that's totally a rugby mindset that I feel like I brought to cycling. There was rugby was like, you know, is that the game with sticks? That was always the thing. I'm sure you guys in college, <laughs> what are you doing in this? Is that the game with sticks? That was always what people said to me about rugby. So there's like, again, it's like a knowledge thing, same thing, like what's cycle cross. So there was always this, like, always be recruiting mentality that rugby had. We were a club team. We're not a varsity team. You know, we got very minimal funding from the universities. The clubs, men teams were all kind of, again, that's like scrappy grassroots, like raise your own funds. You need like a, you know, hotel money, you know, to pass around or whatever. That's like, you're raising all that money on yourself. So um, that always be recruiting mentality has like stayed with me. That was like, if you see somebody at the gym at the rec center, when we were in undergrads, like that person looks like they're lifting alone. <laughs> you want to play rugby? Have you heard of it? Come to practice on Tuesday, you know? Oh God, they need to teach them the rules. Like they're never going to the get that. <laughs> yeah. Explain it a thousand times. It doesn't matter. Somebody's hearing it for the first time. It's the same thing with cross. I'm sure I've explained the rules. I, I maybe know the 60% of cross rules or regulations. <laughs> I know enough to get by and I know enough to teach a new person. And like, that's all you need. Right? So if you ask me about like techniques, uh, rule changes over the years. I, I don't know. You know, I have no idea, but I know enough to, to like put the front wheel on the start line, 
you know, <laughs> on Sunday morning. And that's like enough, you know? And so I think that's something like for joy machines, what I at least want to bring to the table on my end, my part, like what I bring to the table is like, are you somebody who's like looking for a place to be? Are you trying to plug in somewhere? So across, you know, practices are a great place, like show up. This is the time. This is where we're going to be. Here's the schedule. And um, shop rides, community rides, coffee rides, slow rolls. It's a place to be, show up. You're, there's going to be a familiar face there. I'll be there. That's always like the one thing to come find me. You know, I'm the person, whatever, if you're unsure or feel a little uneasy. And I think that kind of always be recruiting mentality brings in, you know, new people because um, we want to have an open door. We want to bring, you know, anybody who's just willing to ride a bike, you know, to, to the team or at least, Friend, there's friends of joy machines too i always say not everybody has to put on the kit you know what i mean not everybody yeah. has to show up in race too i mean it's okay to have friends of the team like if you like us enough or you want to show up <laughs> now and then for a ride like that's cool too you don't have to like join the team and like you're, there's no contracts there's no obligations or whatever you know what i mean just like you know if you want to show up when you can too like that's okay as well yeah. how does somebody get started like they decide they, they want to look into this. How does that happen? What, what are the, what's that look like? Um, again, show up to your local bike shops. They usually are pretty informative on kind of what's going on in the area. They serve the public. They're kind of a, a gateway to the cycling community of wherever you're at, you know, wherever you're listening to this, you know, if you're just outside the Cleveland area too, you know, find your local bike shop, see what's going on near you. They usually have some pretty good, insight into what's going on there the other side of that um you know if you see a group of people who are out send them a, a message on social media i feel a ton of you know direct messages on instagram of people who ask questions hey even down to like hey where do you post your routes of the rides you know we don't but <laughs> but uh, i'm happy to answer those questions too you know um but i think uh, reaching out sometimes to you know and just kind of you know, asking around a little bit. Um, I know it's, it's kind of ambiguous, but it is, you know, there are some starting points at least, you know, um, there's, there's tons of groups too, you know, that again, can be places to, you know, just ask around and, you know, you, you eventually find your way. Yeah. And I, I, in terms of like the, the routes question, one of pretty much the only reason I have a Strava is I like being able to go on and see what other people around me are doing and that's yeah. a good way of finding new roads absolutely yeah yeah i think that you can like you know there's a way of like finding some new paths you know getting out changing things up a little bit you know looking at follow people on strava you know see where they're going see where they're riding you know try those things out too yeah how does the again going back to that newbie the new person how do they or why would somebody decide to do cyclocross over road racing over gravel over mountain bike what are the personality types that choose <laughs> <laughs> It's like, be like, the, it's like the jocks and like the nerds <laughs> and like the punk rock kids at high school is kind of like the uh i guess the the categories of of cycling disciplines yeah uh, at least that's how it feels like uh, maybe at least social media or whatever yeah <laughs> um <laughs> that's it's a good question i think you end up kind of gravitating to what kind of speaks to you a little bit i like you know the kind of dirty grimy kind of like you know push yourself in extreme weather kind of stuff which i think is more like the gravel cyclocross type of environment 
Um, I think in quite honestly, living in our area, we don't have a ton of like great days. So opening up your idea of what cycling is like cross disciplines, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like if you can pick up uh, a, a used mountain bike, you know, on Facebook marketplace, there's a dozen or more, you know, local uh, mountain bike trails um, that are well-maintained. They're um, put together by the Cleveland Metro Park system. We're one of the only areas that has the mountain bike trail in a national park system Mm -hmm. Um, and show up to the trailhead, you know, uh, try things out. You never know. I mean, you might feel a little uneasy or uncomfortable for your first time on the mountain bike trail, but you might grow to love it. Um, I remember my first cycle cross practice, I showed up to, again, it looked like a rowdy time. I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's what initially drew me to it was, it was just like these people look like they're having a ton of fun, but I showed up to the practice and it was quiet and it was like people like getting off work and I said, like, oh, okay, um, I don't know anyone. And what's the plan here? And everybody starts bombing down this like grass hill. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't rode down a hill like that since I was probably like, 12th grade BMX bike stuff. And like, now I'm like 30. And like, so I'm like a little uneasy about it. And I'm looking down there and it's like, so I'm riding like my back brake. I'm sure I had my foot, like, like hovering above the ground a little bit, you know, like, okay, I'll try to make my way down here. Um, but I'm like, okay, I made it, you know, it's safe enough. Um, okay. Still upright. Uh, and so I think you end up kind of gravitating towards towards the things that kind of just speak to you and call your name a little bit. Um, and I think that for me, that was just the mountain bike gravel cycle cross area. I still dabble in the road stuff, but far less than maybe when I first started riding. Cleveland doesn't have a great road scene. So I, I think that's another big thing. Like if you, depending where you live, like if you live in Pittsburgh, I mean, they have a massive oval season where there is, which is um, like a small criterium. So that there, there's a huge road scene out in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, but we don't really have much of that out in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so like, I know personally, like I only raced road and crits um, when I was in college. And then when I moved up to Cleveland, I didn't know anybody didn't, there wasn't any sort of road racing unless I traveled and I, there was nobody to travel with, but I didn't know anyone. And so I started dabbling, like trying out some other disciplines and yeah. see what I liked. Didn't like mountain biking. That was terrifying, <laughs> but <laughs> I felt like cyclocross and gravel was a very good middle ground. Yeah, unfortunately, our Criterium um, series folded maybe a couple of we- uh, a couple of years ago, at least before the pandemic. Um, yeah, I just don't think it was well attended for some reason. Or did I- see um, the one down near Hudson is back up this year. Oh, good. Yes. Um, I can't think of the name what, of it. What is that? Yes, you've raced them. I have. <laughs> I've never raced them, but I know. So yeah, crits are—they're very similar to cyclocross, um, which is kind of what got me more interested in cyclocross at first. Because I used to just—I I used to predominantly like to do crits, where it's same thing. It's a—it's a smaller, closed-off course, um, but it's on—you're on road bikes and you're on pavement, and the same thing. It's time. There's laps, and you're—I mean, the, the best way of describing it is it kind of looks like NASCAR on bikes. <laughs> That's what I was picturing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't, uh, you know, when, when I got my first cross bike, it, the, the bit, most terrifying part was like, my wheels are not supposed to be going over this stuff. And I'd like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to crash. Cause if you, when you're on a road bike, like, you know, you hit the tiniest little piece of gravel and you're sliding out, <laughs> which I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
And actually, I think the first time I met you is when I first moved to Cleveland and I was trying to figure out like how to ride on grass and dirt and just not on pavement. And I ran into like you guys practice, like, I don't know if you were trying to figure out a course for your cross race or, um, cause it was just your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just rode around with you guys for the remainder mm-hmm. of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Hey, can I join? I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah I guess so. <laughs> As we've kind of like figured out the template, I guess a little bit, we've been kind of operating still under the cloud of COVID. So I would love to open it up more so people know where to find us <laughs> and not just accidentally run into us. Um, but that is, yeah, I think that is probably what happened. I think we were just practicing um, yeah. at Wendy Park and Wisconsin and you showed up. Gosh, that was like four years ago, I think. Wow. Yeah. I was just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? You've mentioned it a couple of times, Alex. What's a practice consistent? Like are you practicing techniques or are you just, is it literally just going for a group ride? Um, so yeah, I guess it again, kind of depends on the, the discipline area for, for cyclocross, um, a practice consists of and follow the NEOCX Instagram account and Facebook page. Um, I helped now organize the series. So we do, we did actually have standing and scheduled practices at Kirtland Park um, in Cleveland, but basically we start off, warm up a little bit, just get a few kind of practice laps in. Um, we do some starts from the start line and like some sprints out. We'll kind of do some repeats of that. Maybe, um, you know, a few times, maybe, you know, five to eight times or so. Um, then we'll do what's called hot laps, which are like basically like live laps. Um, try to pick a partner. It's like at your pace and just kind of duke it out for 15 minutes and then take a break. <laughs> and then you're like ready to go home usually. <laughs> and then everybody has to talk himself into doing usually another round of that. Um, and usually try to go a little bit more, maybe like 20 minutes. Um, and then by the end of that, um, we like to just kind of stop and say like, what was tricky? You know, where did you find it to be kind of hard on the course? Um, and then we might just do kind of practice turns on like taking a weird, awkward turn. Um, how do you pedal out of something that feels like you're going to fall over, you know, when you're taking this turn, like, how do you, how do you handle your bike? How do you break through something? How do you learn how to not ride your brakes and just trust <laughs> yourself? You know, so we may just kind of take some turns doing that. And if there's one thing that kind of stands out to me and I'll give a shout out to, to Jay Gainser on this one. And I've said this to him and I told him this too my first practice, uh, practice that I was talking about where I was, you know, riding down that grass hill. I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I, what am I doing? Um, it was at the end of the practice and there was this, um, uphill switchback. So that means like you're taking, uh, you're going uphill. And as you're going uphill, you're like turning left, which mm-hmm. feels very awkward because you're like working against gravity, right? It's like, you're kind of like, feels like you're falling backwards while you're turning. So I could not, I couldn't come close to riding that at all. And I just was like, uh, I got off my bike, I walked it. And then I, I just kind of got back on. And at the end, a couple of people were like, yeah, that's kind of tricky. And we were going over there taking turns and I was hanging in the back and I was just like letting people go through. And I'm just like giving thumbs up to people. Like, Good job. You know, doing great. Doing great. So you're getting the waffle maker running. <laughs> I'm putting in the waffle maker for sure. Uh, I started up the car. I got, yeah, drinks in the car going. Um, so I'm like, I'm just hanging back and I'm, 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 again, I don't know anyone. I don't look like an idiot falling over. I'm like nervous. And, um, Jay Gaines who I emailed, is just like a cold call basically is just like, Hey, I heard you are involved with this in some way, you know, where do I go? What do I do? And, um, I was hanging back. He's like, Oh, give it a shot. And I was just like, ah, I'm, I'm just watching for today. He's like, 
try it out. And I was like, it's a, I, I was really hesitant. And he said like really simple sentence to me. It's just like, you belong here. Go ahead and give it a try. And it was just like, I had never not really felt like I'd not belong somewhere. I had been part of rugby for so long. It was like yeah. my, that was my home, you know? And that was in something that was like, I'm like twice the size of these guys. <laughs> you know, For if you haven't seen me in person, I'm 220 pounds. Like it, the last thing you would call me is probably a cyclist, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, he's just like, he's like, you belong. And uh, I was just like, all right. You know, and it was sloppy. Yeah, yeah. It was just like totally like, it was just like, it was like a very kind of like pushed me and just kind of like mm -hmm. go and do it. And I'm sure it was sloppy, but you know, I, I did it and I did it with like, you know, uh, you know, 10 people watching me, you know, I didn't think anything of it or anything that obviously it was all, you know, all me internalizing everything. But that was like, that has been my platform since that hearing those words, you know, it was just like, and if, if I feel like people are a little bit uneasy, I may pull that out. I steal that from Jay from time to time. <laughs> if I see somebody's a little uneasy, I'm like, you belong here. You're good. Like you've got, like you showed up, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is what's important. Be awkward, you know, fall over, you know, whatever, figure it out. And, um, and that, that, that really changed my perspective on trying something new for the first time. It's like, we're adults now too. You know what I mean? So it's just like that, that kind of like trying new things stuff is, is I think awkward for people. Um, maybe you haven't been in that situation, you know, before or in a while. Um, so that's just something for me. And I think that's a, that's a place practice is a, is a great time to just kind of bring people in and I guess kind of share those types of statements with them, you know, yeah. a, a better, uh, better, better way to meet them too. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's an awesome story. I mean, I think, we're talking cyclocross, but pick your, pick your activity, pick your, whether it's career or going to meet a new person or relate, like figuring how to get over that obstacle of learning new things and whatever it ends up being, that's uh, figuring how to overcome that challenge is cool. So yeah, if exactly. we get more people to step outside of that comfort zone, just a little bit, right. And, right. and try, try new things. That's uh, yeah. Uh, the extension there is awesome. Can I share? So I'm a, I'm a counselor. That's my nine to five. I'm a mental health counselor. And one of the things that you said is something that I share with people a lot. Um, I guess if you think about it, like what stretching your comfort zone looks like, I always talk about it as like uh, needing the edges of a dough of a pizza ball. Mm -hmm. Like you ever like make pizza at home? You got the like pizza dough ball in the oh, middle. I went to Papa John's for a while. <laughs> okay. so you, know, you know the techniques. If you go too fat, too hard, too fast, the dough rips, right? Uh -huh. the, the gluten in the dough doesn't like stand up to the elasticity. It's like a shock, right? So it's like, I, I kind of picture that as like putting people, like overloading people. It's like, just take it a little bit at a time, try it out just a little bit, but recognize that you're going to be uncomfortable. Like just push the edges of what it feels like to be uncomfortable just a little bit at a time. And then before you know it, you've covered this like real estate of like mm -hmm. things that are now, now I'm on a podcast talking about bikes <laughs> and like, I mean, four, four years ago, I was falling down a grass hill. So I mean, like somewhere, somehow, you know, I've gotten to this place. I'm only speaking from myself, but I think that can be something I, I just, I like pizza. I like <laughs> the idea of pushing yourself a little bit. And that is one that, that's like one of my favorite ones that I think if you just kind of think before you know, it, you've kind of, you know, expand your, expand your space a little bit. Yeah. But I, I fully agree with that. I, I remember when I, uh, I was, I was, I was, I was talking to Nick about this the other day. Like the, the reason I got into bikes was because I had one too many rugby injuries and, and the athletic trainer told me I wasn't allowed to do any contact sports for the rest of the semester. 
So I think I was, I was like my second concussion. And I had some nerve damage and they're like, no contact sports. So I was like, oh, I'll go ride bikes and just started crashing my bikes instead. <laughs> <laughs> Very much immediately. <laughs> and I remember like when I first started riding, it was, you know, a 20 mile ride was like, oh my God, I just did a 20 mile ride. Like right. I am in impeccable shape. And <laughs> now like that's my Monday. Like it, it's, yeah. it becomes, um, it, it's, it's kind of, it's nice to see how quickly that transforms and what used to be so intimidating and such an achievement becomes part of your daily routine. Yeah. 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 I agree. My first road bike. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Kara. My first road bike, I, you know, first time using clip in pedals, right? <laughs> oh, so, I know where this is going. So I'm in there. my parents' driveway <laughs> and I'm like, how do these things even work? And I'm watching YouTube videos and I got one clipped in, I go to put my other foot on and I can't get it to click and it clicks. And I was all excited but I wasn't pedaling. So now I'm clicked in and I start falling and I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. Just slow motion. I just, I like, oh, there's, a, there's a learning curve to this. Uh, my very first road race, I, there were some friends surrounding me and they uh, showed, I had uh, same thing. They, I had, uh, I was, they were helping me. They were like two, two of the guys were holding my road bike, having me clip in. <laughs> literally like kind of pushed me forward like and I just remember one screaming at me going just don't unclip <laughs> and they were afraid like I wouldn't be able to get back on the bike and, and I, I somehow I well, luckily never stopped during this race and um I crossed the finish line and it was like I think mean, they're standing right there going remember to clip out <laughs> I was like oh thanks don't, don't know how <laughs> well, yeah we i might as well share mine right <laughs> so my first races were uh taking my dad's like 50 pound hybrid bike <laughs> and basketball shorts coming in last place whatever didn't care so <laughs> then transitioned to like all right i'm clipping in now i've worked my way up to clipping in and um we make a sudden stop of course i'm with a group of riders my first time clipping in what i do i grabbed my friend next to me <laughs> And just pulled him straight down with me. And he's just like, the look on his face of just like that blank stare into my eyes as we both go down and hit the pavement. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you did this. <laughs> you did this. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Yeah. And I'm just like slowly apologizing as we both fall to the ground. Did you at least fall into him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was like a nice, yeah. It's such a slow motion arms. fall too. It's not like real life falling. It's like... <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I remember being on campus at WMU coming to an intersection at a stoplight and just I, I don't even I don't even know if I just didn't think about unclipping but just falling over and it was just like so like all these cars around me like oh <laughs> everyone just saw that <laughs> it's good that yeah it everyone's looks, been there yeah and that's, everyone has and sure. that's why it's important to just show up and just try it yeah because we all have those stories and, yeah yeah and people like sharing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so like my, my friend that did uh, your races, his first cross race, I think was it, it might, I can't remember if it was the following weekend or a couple weeks after was when um, the, the uh, 
my site my, my team's race was out in Pittsburgh and I was like, Oh, you gotta come out to Pittsburgh now and do our race. He's like, I don't know if I'm quite ready to drive out to Pittsburgh to come in last. <laughs> I'm like, no, yes, you are. Like that's that's how you grow. Start traveling to come in last place. Yeah. <laughs> that's always the that's like the famous thing to say if you've been at the back of a race is like everyone always says, remember that you paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> you want you decided to be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad that too, like the, the culture of kind of being like a little, I guess, uncomfortable or weird in those spaces have been adopted under that idea of party pace. I don't know if you've heard that. <laughs> yes. Party pace is like the new thing to, to kind of like say or quote, I guess, uh, made, I guess, popularized by a pathless pedals, a cool YouTube channel. I guess the non-competitive side of cycling is, is what he kind of uh, talks a little bit about but that idea of party pace I think more people are kind of like embracing that a little bit which is just like whatever I'm awkward um, maybe <laughs> not fit or it's as hard as heck you know whatever you know yeah. um, I think it kind of gives people like permission just kind of like goof up a little bit yeah I, I think it's definitely very important to have as much fun as possible while you're out there because yeah. it, it, it at the end of the day it's going to feel miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> but as long as you're gonna have a lot of fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the very first tandem race phil and i ever did was uh hilly billy down in west virginia i don't know if you ever got to experience that race not, not yet but i've heard i've heard a lot about it i uh we put i put a bunch of candy in his back pockets <laughs> <laughs> just to mostly cause a mess with them so i can reach in and like eat candy right <laughs> but as during the race and we fell into the biggest mud puddle <laughs> probably about 10 miles in and all of our candy just got destroyed <laughs> and it filled up with mud and it was just like oh damn <laughs> there we go <laughs> if you ever find me on a gravel race i'm the one that always has way too many bags on the bike because my bags are full of snacks <laughs> so if you ever run out of snacks if you, find ever, you. you find me I have, uh, what, what are the frozen, like, PB, Uncrustables? Oh, I my even got, goodness. like, a stack of Uncrustables. <laughs> Find me. I got plenty of snacks. I got enough for, like, many, many people. So. <laughs> I was down in a race. One of the... Uh, Every once in a while, I show up with my own bike and and race slightly more competitively. <laughs> and I was down in a gravel race in North Carolina, and a, this kid comes up next to me in a Case Western kit. And I was like, oh, shit, like, Cleveland. Like, and he, he just looked dead to the world he looks over and he's like is there any chance you have any food and i was like oh you're obviously not from cleveland if you have no food on you here I'm like what do you want <laughs> i got gummy bears i got <laughs> yeah. Stack snacks. yeah yeah find a cleveland person i guess if you're if you're on the race and struggling a little bit we got our snacks <laughs> at least find a joint machines kit yeah we got you i do for sure <laughs> Oh man. Well, this was fun. Um, I'm going to have to wrap it up soon. Um, is there any kind of last, uh, I wish we'd have got more into the mental health side. We should do that again. Um, yeah. Part two, part two, whether it's goal setting or attitude change, or that would be fun to, to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be a different, different podcast, but, uh, yeah. It would be an interesting one for sure. Um, is there anything you want to, you know, as we wrap things up, obviously we'll share your, your contact information where people can find, find you in the shop. And, um, but what do you want to share? I guess um, I'll just kind of end on the statement that I share and that I steal from Jay all the time is like, you belong here, you know, no matter where you're at, where you're trying out what you're doing. If it's like rock climbing at the gym for the first time, like just, you know, find your space, find your people, you know, there's always going to be somewhere, some corner 
um, that I think are where you're going to find people who are going to welcome you in and bring you in a little bit. And I think, um, you know, biggest thing you can do, I guess, to kind of give people, uh, I guess, a, a teaser for the mental health side of it. I really believe that sense of community is one of the most important things when it comes to, you know, being a part of groups, organizations, just having like an anchor at home base, you know, um, I think could be really valuable for folks. So think a little bit about, I guess, maybe what that looks like for folks, you know? Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for coming. We're going to do it again. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You see your your room get darker and darker, Nick. <laughs> I know I didn't I didn't plan the lighting correctly. <laughs> the sun is going down. No, really, my wife has a um, a girls' dinner, and if I if I disrupt that, it'll be a problem. <laughs>